Yep. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and uh, appreciate your time and appreciate you listening to us. So anyway, today um, we are going over to Ontario, uh, Central Ontario this time, and we are talking with Brody Ross. He's a resident bear hunter of um, Ontario, uh, and uh, he is the, would you call yourself the owner, the what would you call yourself there of, of rock rib outdoors brody uh i i guess it would be considered owner i mean um i don't consider it a, a big thing i just kind of needed like a brand name for my youtube channel and yeah. something for um people to recognize me by i guess so oh, okay. i created that name okay and uh it just kind of stuck so yeah cool okay sweet well they were <laughs> the owner of rock rib outdoors then brody ross yeah, i guess so, so. <laughs> uh so professional here sometimes <laughs> yeah uh anyway so um yeah anyway so i checked out brody's youtube channel and, and i i like to i really like uh youtube channels for bear hunting and stuff because you get a lot of it seems like professional like bear hunting videos i mean not to knock them too yeah. much but they seem to be really um glamorous you know and, and you get the real story out of youtube i feel like and you can learn a lot from watching youtube bear hunts it seems like to me so oh yeah you, you i find youtube great for like everything because it's the mm -hmm. content you want to watch right then whatever yeah. it is and then you can sift through all the videos and some of even the ones that aren't very professional are sometimes really like informative and stuff oh so for sure for you can sure. pick the best of the best or watch yep. whatever you want and get something out of it there there are certain youtube channels like uh especially bear hunts that i've watched i mean probably five times i'm like okay i see what they're doing now you know just digging in because yeah. there's so much you, you gotta watch it a few times sometimes to see what folks are doing so yeah i just so. do that because i'm bored i have i don't have a tv <laughs> I, and, same, here, uh, same here i'm pretty sure i've watched every bear hunting video on youtube at this point so <sighs> You know, out there with new content and upload that stuff. <laughs> I've got I've got all the big ones down, but every once in a while you dig out a gem though. So, oh yeah, new ones are popping up every now and then. Yeah, yep. I just I, I just don't like it when they get too I don't know glamorous. <laughs> yeah, I, I find like with with my videos, I found like when I started doing them, you want to make them look like uh, professional and I guess appealing to the people watching. But then again, you can take it a little too overboard and try and act super dramatic about what you're doing and then it yeah. doesn't even become what it is yeah exactly. and it just kind of changes changes the feel i mean people who don't hunt wouldn't know the difference but the people who are hunting are kind of like okay this guy's putting on a bit of a too yeah. much of a show here exactly exactly yeah and you know and, and i i really like the balance i think i have you have with your youtube channel because it's it's not the, the video quality is really really nice but you're not it's real <laughs> you know there's no um you don't it's not glamorous that's the word of the day glamorous <laughs> yeah like there's there's some videos i'll try and put on like a you know i'll try and do like a real professional looking like kind of film type video but then i'll also just put on a kind of more of a hacked up video of me <laughs> talking in my backyard and like that doesn't bother me because it just tells people i'm a everyday guy like they are and i'm not trying to show that yeah i'm something i'm not you know exactly. just want to be real about that exactly that's why i don't have intro yeah. music for the podcast i actually went looking for it one time i'm like you know 
It just doesn't, I don't know. Some of them, yeah, I don't want to knock other podcasts too much, but some of them, the intro music's just like a little over the top. <laughs> like, Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> there's some that's like. It's, it's sometimes, I, sometimes I find it hard too when you're, when you're like making something where you have to do a little bit of editing, like, like I'm sure with the podcast, it's very similar, but with mm-hmm. the videos, like, and I'm doing it, you get, you know, you play it over and over trying to get it right. And then you yeah. hear it so many times, you're a little desensitized to what's actually, mm-hmm. uh, what it's actually saying to the viewer. And then it just, it's a little skewed, I guess. So yeah, maybe some sure. people pick some things that aren't as good as they sound to them at the time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I do the same yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, with these podcasts, I, I must listen to them four or five times. I get, uh, I don't even like listening to myself. So, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it very awkward watching myself on the videos. Like if I'm by myself, I find it okay. But if there's yeah. other people there watching me talk, it's like almost embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember I was at, oh. I was at work one time, um, and we were all sitting in the boardroom and one of the ladies decided to put one of my videos on the big screen while my boss was there and all these <laughs> senior engineers are sitting at the table <laughs> and she puts on this video where it's just like five guys out in the bush trying to put out bear bait and I sunk my four wheeler in like a raging river. It almost went over a waterfall and like, oh, I almost got hypothermia. I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. My boss thinks I'm an idiot now. But, uh, oh, that's yeah. funny. It, it, it's kind of the joke. It's not. I don't want to say it's the joke, but but you know, I, I have. It, it gets around that I I'm the bear hunting podcast guy at work, and and people are like, yeah, is that real? Like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> you know, they're like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I know. It's, it's almost the a little people who know you think it's a bit of a joke, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Because I mean, I haven't even told like my actual. I mean, my actual boss knows, but it's not like I've had a conversation. You know, I'm actually a podcast host. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this got so far off top. Well, not really off topic of bear hunting, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> oh, fun. So anyway, let's try to get back on topic here. <laughs> so, uh, where where in Ontario do you bear hunt? So I I live in Peterborough, and uh, growing up as a kid, we we had a a hunting camp that's leased between a few different members. That's about an hour north of there. Okay. Um, and uh, so I'd always be going up there as a kid, and. Uh, just I actually didn't start bear hunting on purpose really mm-hmm. um which is kind of interesting like I was always told as a kid like my dad never did it my grandpa never did it I didn't know anybody who did it I just kind of saw it and thought you know like guys are going and shooting bears and like that's kind of cool but I didn't know anything about it so it was kind of it was just unknown like I didn't know anything about it at all and I, I actually kind of stumbled into it because when I was younger, I think I was like 15 and, uh, like I've always loved hunting. I've kind of been obsessed with it. So I was trying and like, I'll do anything to be successful at it too. I mean, I might not know how to do it yet, but if I think of an idea and it's outside the box, like I'm going to give it a shot. So being a kid and not knowing much about it, I was thinking, okay, like 
we never really see big deer up here. Like they don't want to come into any bait or anything. I was like, I'm going to take bait and I'm going to go into the nastiest, deepest swamp and put it in there and see if maybe the big bucks are laying up in there and they'll come to the bait and maybe like live there kind of thing. Like that's, that was my mindset because like it's hardwoods and stuff like that. And you just, you, we didn't see a lot of deer up there to begin with. Yeah. So I did that. And then turns out I got like two pictures of a deer and then, uh, and honestly, I think that was just like a coincidence because it was a nasty spot, but, um, like no deer were living in there. That's for sure. I figured out later it was just because there's not as many deer there as I thought. And they travel just super far. So it's hard to kind of pattern them up there. But anyway, this big bear started coming in. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this big bear showed up on my bait and I had apples out and corn and he was there like so far in my bear hunting career, if you want to call it that, it's, that's been the most patternable bear I've ever had. And he was like, a, now knowing like how to estimate size a little better, he was probably like 300 pounds or something. Like he was a yeah. nice bear. Yeah. And, uh, he was coming in every day. He would come in at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. and mind you at this time of the year it was getting dark at like eight o'clock or something and he would come in at two o'clock in the afternoon and he would be in and out of that bait site until 10 o'clock the next morning like constantly <laughs> and like that's not an exaggeration he would do that every single day and he lived he lived in a swamp a cedar swamp probably 100 yards behind the bait mm-hmm. and obviously he probably did leave that but for the most part he was going in there and there's I later found out there's little dry humps in the water of like where the cedars grow and he was just yeah. laying up on those. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And he would come in. So I was like, well, I did this for deer, but I mean, there's this big bear. That's pretty cool. He's coming in all the time. Like I have a good shot of maybe getting him. Like, why not? So I just went and bought a tag and actually it was pretty fun. I brought three of my buddies up to the camp with me and, they didn't even go hunting or anything. I, I don't even think any of them hunted. They just came up there and we had a good time. And, and I went and hunted this bear for an afternoon and I was sitting there and right on time at two o'clock, he comes out and at first he came out and stood up on his hind legs and I could tell he was trying to win something. And I was like, Oh no, he smelled me a little bit, but yeah. I didn't want to, I could have taken the shot, but I didn't want to at that weird angle. And, uh, he went back down and went back in the brush and then he was gone. I was like, Oh no, my, my chances are over. Like he smelled me. He's gone. And then kept sitting there for a while longer. And you know, when you're bear hunting, like everything black in the woods is a bear. You're looking yep. at a stump at bear. Yep. You're like hoping so bad. <laughs> and so yep. I'm staring at this stump and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's just another stump. And then it's head turns. I'm like, Holy, it is a bear. And, <laughs> yep. and the, what I think is so cool about bears is, what's that? <laughs> so if I had a dollar for every time that happened, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that shadow, that, that I think that, sh- that there might be, that might be a bear, that might be a bear, and then, you know, nothing. And then all of a sudden it's at the bait. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's crazy. And this is what I was going to say is they're so quiet. Like, yeah. I, that's what I think is amazing about them is they're like ghosts. Like, oh yeah, they don't make a sound and they're so big and it's just amazing to watch them come in and you don't hear a thing. Yeah. And, uh, this bear, when he, when I saw him sitting there, he got up and trotted away through like dry, crunchy hardwood leaves. And I never heard anything. <laughs> and 
And then he circled the bait and he came out on my left side and I ended up getting a shot at him. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I ended up missing him actually. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I thought I hit it because he, I don't know, he took off and I, I wasn't far from him. And, um, I just thought I made a decent shot. I was pretty calm in the stand, but I ran back to the cabin and all the boys were there and we started <laughs> screaming and celebrating. And and then we went out and looked for the bear and couldn't find it. And that was kind of a bummer. But oh, bummer. That, that's how I got into bear hunting was that one. And that's cool. It went on from there. I started, started baiting and figuring out that whole game. Yep. Yep. I'll tell you, cause we can, we can bait deer here in Michigan too. And, uh, yeah, if I had the dollar, well, if I could, if I just could go and shoot every single bear that, that people that are not bear hunters, I mean, the vast majority of the hunters I know do not hunt bears, have no interest mm-hmm. in hunting bears. And, uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of that here as well. Yeah. But they'll be sitting there during archery season over a pile of corn and apples and they'll be like, I mean, they come up to me all the time. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, do you have a bear tag still? Cause, uh, I got this big old 250, 300 pound bear that keeps coming into my deer corn and it's there the whole time. It won't leave, <laughs> you know, and yeah. here I am like, like trying to get a 250 pound bear just to come out during the day. <laughs> I know you're trying to make it happen and they're just like, go away bear. Like I want my deer to come. But... I know exactly. I'm really, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm doing the wrong approach. Maybe I just need to go sit in the minute, sit in a maple stand over a pile of corn, not putting it yeah, corn out until October. Just you know? go, just go deer hunting and you'll get your bear. <laughs> That's what I should do, but I don't know. But if I did that, yeah. it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. I just know it. <laughs> oh, no, it wouldn't work. Not because you tried it. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Oh, cool. So uh, you mentioned you have hardwoods there. So you're 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 not really in, like, the full boreal forest or anything there, right? You've got hardwoods like maple. Do you have oaks there and stuff or no? Yeah, we do, but it, okay. it's not like like the hardwoods you're picturing. It's probably a little different. It's more mixed, I guess. Yeah, that's what like we got down, too. Yeah, where I live, it'll be there's definitely hardwoods here. Yeah, but then w- once you hit about forty minutes from my house, it's like a it's like a divide. Like you hit mm-hmm. that spot, and it's just rock, like granite rock. Yeah, there's no more agricultural fields, mm-hmm. and it's just woods and lakes and stuff from there on out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, once you get into that, it's like really mixed wood. So sometimes you'll have hardwood ridges or whatever, and there'll be maples and oaks there, but, but it's all, it's all growing on rock. Like there's not, it's not a lot of organic stuff there, topsoil or whatever. And then, and then you do have your like boreal type forest, a lot of pines and spruce and stuff like that. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we're hunting like exactly the same stuff. I, I mean, that's, you describe exactly what I hunt too. So, okay. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Cause I mean, I think you, if you drew a straight line, you're almost directly east of me. So yeah, but, pretty much right across. So yeah, cool. Okay. Sweet. So, um, on that, so do you still hunt about an hour and a half North of, of you then like now? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. where I still go. I I still go stay at the same hunting camp I, almost every weekend. I go. Okay. And uh, it kind of grew like I used to only put out one bait, mm-hmm. and it was like right, well, not close to the camp. I mean, it'd be, but there's a there's a river there, mm-hmm. and in front of the camp, and I would always stay on the 
side closest to the highway. Yeah. And it, it's, it seems like a really big section of woods when you're walking around, but it's really not like to me, to me as a kid, it seemed like a jungle. Like I went in there and it was like, I had no idea where anything was and the world just felt like so big. Yeah. But now that I've like learned it, it's, it's really not that big. So like the bears don't seem to, uh, like live in there very much. Like Mm -hmm. not, not a lot of bears anyway. There'll be maybe one or two in that little, in that section over there, it seems. Yeah. And there's pretty much like, there's kind of two spots. I know that they like to bed down and kind of hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've, I've baited, but it, it seems like on that side, you'll get like just small bears. And then for a few days out of the season, there'll be a big bear there, but then he moves on and they don't, the, the big ones don't stay there. I think just because there's better habitat elsewhere. And that's probably why the small ones are there. Gotcha. Okay. So, so then once, once I started doing that, I, I shot my first bear with a, with a crossbow, which I actually filmed, but it's amazing to me looking back at that video, how much less I knew about video editing and filming and all that <laughs> stuff. But it's all a evolution process, I guess. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I look at my first podcast. I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You're like, oh, I can't believe I made that, but it's all part of it. Yep. Exactly. But. That bear was, he was just small. He was probably like a hundred pounds. Yep. Which, um, but I was just happy to get a bear. I thought that was great. I was happy about it. And, uh, so I got that bear and then I'd always hunt with like a buddy. He'd come up and put a bait out somewhere too. Yeah. But then this last few years, I guess maybe because we're a little older and have a little more money to do it, but, um, we've, we've put in more baits and spread them out a lot more and just explored a lot more country. And I guess I've gotten more into it as well. So gotcha. started spreading the baits out. Now I've noticed a lot, like I'm getting into the, the bigger bears and more bears and finding the, the better spots. Yeah. So that's been, that's been fun. Cool. Good deal. Mm-hmm. So in, in, that, and did that sort of coincide with um, Ontario opening back up their spring hunt? Well, what do you mean, like me, like spreading out? Yeah, a bit, or? Yep. yeah. Or did were you doing that before that? No, we kind of did, but it was just it wasn't like due to that. It was just the timing of when okay, when I we see. started doing that. Is all like, um, but the spring hunt is definitely fun because. I like it because in the fall you're so busy. Like I, yeah. I hunt like everything. Right. So trying to fit it all in is kind of hard. Mm-hmm. If you really want to focus on something, right? So yep. in the spring though, all there is is turkeys, and like personally, I'd rather hunt a bear than a turkey. Oh yeah. And turkeys, turkeys are pretty. I wouldn't. I don't want to say easy because sometimes it can be a real pain, but <laughs> they move in the daylight only. So yep. I feel like they're a lot easier animal to get. And, uh, so like bears are a lot more fun to me and yeah. they're a big game animal. Yep. Um, you get a lot more so meat out of doing that in spring has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. <laughs> yep. But the, the bugs are definitely worse in the spring. I'll tell you that. Oh, I can imagine. I would not want to oh. sit. I want to, would not want to sit, uh, last light right now. That's for sure. Ugh. No, I remember the first spring season, and it's always worse after a rain. Like mm. if, if it rains and then it stops, it's like you're like you almost go mentally insane. I could imagine being out there without like a thermosel or bug spray or a bug net, and like you 
you'd want to off yourself. Like they're so <laughs> bad. It's just torture. Like it is. we were out there, me and a buddy went in and we went to this spot and the bugs are bad on the way in. And it was like 33 degrees that day. Mm-hmm. And then we had a thunderstorm mm-hmm. for an hour yep. and no roof on the tree stand or anything. I remember I had to like basically cuddle my camera because I didn't want it to get wet. <laughs> and then finally the rain stopped, but then the bugs got so bad and we were soaking wet and yep. we ended up actually yeah. shooting a bear. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and I, like, I swear, I remember we dragged it out of there and it was just like, just dusk. Like you just barely see any sunlight. Yeah. And the, uh, I was, field dressing the bear and i remember i had to get him to like wipe off my back like get the mosquitoes off of there every minute because i i couldn't do the job because i kept like i was screaming i was like i was going nuts there's so many bugs that's that's got to be the worst part about the spring hunt but other than that oh it's good (laughs) yeah yeah last year um i was hunting minnesota and i went into this one spot i mean it was a it was just a swampy hole and yeah. um, there I there was a wind on my face at first and then it just died at last like not even last late like I don't know probably an hour or two before dark like last late you know yeah and uh the mosquitoes came out and I had to take off I had a um, merino wool like t-shirt on as my base layer I had to take, I didn't bring any, I didn't bring a thermosel or anything. And this was in the fall. Well, you know, like September, early September or whatever. But, um, Mm -hmm. I had to, I didn't bring a thermosel because I, I didn't, I don't know. I was so close to the stand or to where the the bait was. I didn't want to like spook the bear. So I didn't bring one. Well, the bugs were so, in hindsight, I, I would have definitely brought a thermosel because I ended up having to take off my undershirt and make like a baklava with it like to cover my face because the bugs the mosquitoes kept like dive bombing yeah. my face all night and i didn't well, you know yeah so i was i was gonna ask you that actually like what do you prefer to use for the bugs basically when you're hunting because like thermosel yeah. for sure for sure okay because i used one for the first time last year mm-hmm. and i swore i would never go hunting without it again because yeah. I would always wear um, a bug net because basically you have no other choice unless you're wearing yeah. a bunch of bug spray, which really doesn't work 100% anyway. No. No. And then you're adding a bunch of scent. Yeah. And then, but the thing <clears throat> is, if you wear the bug net, like it's annoying because you can't see as well. Yeah. And then I found I almost needed to wear earplugs because it's hard to the listen to mosquitoes buzzing for like four hours. Bzzz. Yeah. Oh, but, it's so bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, but I I figured the the thermosel though you turn that on, and I, mind you, I was in a ground blind, so it was a little better. But yeah, um, the bugs the bugs were gone in like five ten minutes, and then there there wouldn't be another bug in your blind until you turn that thing off. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you know. But I, I know. What's your opinion though on uh, on scent with those? You know, I've shot a bear. In, in Ontario, my only Ontario bear, actually, <laughs> I shot a bear in Ontario. Um, it was I had to turn on the thermosel because it was rain that day, and the bugs were just horrible. And I turned it on, yeah. and I was sitting on the ground, not in the blind, about at most, at most twenty yards from the bait, and um, mm-hmm. didn't bother the bears at all. But I would. 
you know, especially I would, I would say that it's, I would keep the wind in my face, you know, or be up in a tree stand with a thermosel, um, or make sure your wind's good for sure. You know, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't like turn, you know, wear scent control. And then, you know, like if you're, if you're into scent control, um, like clothes or whatever, I wouldn't wear scent control clothes, you know, with the wind in my back and then have a turn on a thermosel, you know, but I guess as long as your wind's good, it doesn't really matter, you know, and maybe, I don't know. I don't think it matters. Yeah, like, I really don't. That's what. And if it does, I, I would rather. Just... I would rather. Um, I would rather risk the scent than be sitting there swatting mosquitoes all night for sure. <laughs> because the bears yeah. are sure going to come in and see you. So what's the point? You know, at least you got a yeah, shot exactly. thermosel. And it's just so much more enjoyable, and that's why you're doing it. Exactly. So. Yep. Exactly. You know, if if honestly, if if that's the difference between me getting a big bear and me getting, I don't know, an average size bear that doesn't care, you know, but yeah. I'm not going to off myself in the stand. <laughs> I'll take yeah. the average size bear, you know, to be honest. Yeah. But that's just how I am. I mean, maybe if you're like super hardcore and you will get the 500 pound bear, then I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, you got to use every That's, that's the, I, I guess know. that's the hard part is you don't know that for sure, like, ever. No, you, you don't. Know, if someone, I've thought about that, like, a lot, actually, while I'm sitting in the stand. You know, if someone just said, hey, if you go sit in this stand for 20 days straight, yep. and it's minus 10 each day, mm-hmm. and you get cold and you get frostbite or whatever, you will shoot this big, like, 160-inch deer. Like, I would do it, hands <laughs> yeah. down, every time. Yeah. But when you're trying to do that and you don't know that it's going to happen... Yeah then like it's, it makes it way harder and that, yeah, I guess that's hunting, but yeah, for sure. The same with, with the bears, right? Like you don't know whether that thing is going to cause the bear to not come in and you never will. Yeah, no, you really won't. No, no, you cannot know for sure that every single bear is going to come is for a, is going to react to the, to it and b which ones mm-hmm. are, which ones aren't. And, you know, see, you know, that they're going to react negatively to it, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's just, I don't know. I I'd rather just not have mosquitoes around me, so I use the thermosel. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've shot a bear actually. Using it, so, and, and not just not just that? one night too. It's been I've sat in the same spot multiple nights using a thermosel. Yeah. And bear still came in. So I mean, it's yeah. I I did that too all last season, and I saw lots of bears. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. So. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think last, last spring season was probably my best season ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's funny because I actually saw the most bears using kind of an unorthodox method. Okay. Um, which I found pretty cool. Um, so I was hunting this spot and I got to go across this river in the canoe mm-hmm. and, uh, it's just a good spot because you go across there and there's, there is a trail over there, but it's really remote. Like nobody goes back there. So, yeah. you know, there's the bears and they're going to be content, like mm-hmm. living there. Yep. So I went over, put this bait out and, uh, it was pro it was the, it was the year before, um, when I was telling that story about me and my buddy shooting that bear. Okay. He'd, he'd never bear hunted before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was in that spot and he shot the first bear that came in and it was a pretty decent one. Okay. And, um, 
but we knew that there was this big bear there and he was probably like, I don't know, 450 pounds or 400 pounds, let's say like he was a really big bear. And I, I'd never even seen one that big on a camera up there. Okay. And I told him, I was like, man, you should like, I know it's your first bear, but you should wait for that bear because like they don't come around that often. And he was on a good pattern too. Like he was very killable. Yep. So anyways, he, he ended up taking that bear, which was fine because that meant that I could go hunt that bait after he was done. <laughs> but, um, I, I don't think I hunted it much that year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the next year I hunted it and the bear was back and he was even bigger. He was, Oh man, he, I still think about this bear. He's huge. <laughs> and, uh, I, I had pictures of him, but he wasn't as patternable as the year before. And I actually just this year, I think I put the pieces together on why that was, but, um, he would be there in daylight, but it was usually in the morning Okay. and just very like very odd day. He'd be there in the evening within shooting light, but he'd like, let's say maybe three out of five days, he'd be there in the morning for at least 15 minutes in shooting light. Okay. But that was like a very small window that I got. Yep. So I was like, man, like if, if that's the only opportunity he's going to give me, that's consistent. Like I need to find a way to hunt him in the morning, but you can't you probably know this too. Like you yep. can't really hunt in the morning because you walk in there, you just bump the bears off and then your hunt's exactly. over. It's, it is. That's tricky. That's tricky. Yeah. And yeah, I, I had that same dilemma one year it. too. Yeah. I, I did it one year. Yeah. I, I had a bear almost climbing the tree after me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Did I not tell this story in the podcast before? Maybe I didn't. So I went hunting one year. This is my second, well, my third year bear hunting, this would be my second bear. Um, yeah. I, I had, that year, um, I had a ridiculous amount of bears on my bait. I mean, they would they'd hit, start hitting the bait. I don't even know. I, I can't even count how many bears I had on there, but most of them weren't very big. I, I don't think I had any monsters on there, you know, but I had a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of them. And um, there would be bears on the bait from probably three o'clock in the afternoon all the way until they, they, they'd go until about midnight, take a little break and then come back about four in the morning or so five in the morning and be there all the way to like eight o'clock in the morning. And so I was like, cool, well, I'm going to sneak in there, um, and and shoot one of these beers right in the morning. That'd be kind of cool. And so I did that and, oh, how did this go? My thought process was, well, I'm going to sneak in an hour before daylight. That way I'll sneak in there and then the bears will kind of get used to me being there and they'll keep eating and I'll be able to shoot a bear as soon as it comes out at first light, right? Well, Mm -hmm. sure enough, I bumped a bear off the bait walking in there, which is really sketchy walking into a bait knowing that it's got bears on it and you can't see, right? Oh, yeah, like in the pitch black. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you don't have your, your flashlight really. Well, I didn't have my flashlight on anyway. Yeah, it was sketchy, but... So anyway, I, I, I bumped the bear off the bait. I th- For whatever reason, I decided to rebait that morning. I don't know why I did that, but I threw bait, bait yeah. on the, uh, on the um, bait, and then I climbed up in my tree. And then that bear I bumped off the bait, it um, I heard it moving around underneath me, and then it started coming towards the tree. And 
it started to climb up the tree. I mean, it's like still pitch black, right? I can't even see. Even if I want to shoot, I can't yeah. see. <laughs> and I turned yeah, on my, that, I turned that on my head. Pretty sketchy. Oh, that was bad. He started to climb the tree, and I turned on my headlamp. I'm like, get down, bear. <laughs> yeah and and he got down he actually stayed down there for a little bit and um i I don't know if that's the bear end up shooting but you know later on the morning a bear came in i shot it so i don't know if it it did work for you it did work yes but it was because if you only had a few bears coming in but they were in the morning i wouldn't do it but i i seriously just had so many bears i don't think it mattered but yeah because like if one wasn't there he another one would come later kind of thing exactly yep Yep. So yeah, so it was a really freaky year. I don't know if I've ever had a bait that good. Um, that yeah, was, that was ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. But yes. But, yeah, so what I did with that that big bear, like like I said, he was coming in in the morning, mm-hmm. and I just knew that, like, you know, I, I work a job, a full time job. So like, yep. I have went and hunted after work, even though that's crazy. Like. Mm-hmm. I'll fly home, drive up there an hour, hunt for like three hours and then drive home. And it's like the middle of the night and then I got to get ready and go to work and I'm dead the next day. But like, yeah. I've still done it a couple of times, mm-hmm. yeah. but, um, just given that I'm mainly hunting the weekend, it's like, what are the chances that the one day he comes in the evening is going to be a Saturday night, mm-hmm. like pretty low. Right. So I was like, I need to find a way to hunt this thing in the morning. But like, I knew that if I just walked in there and got in my stand, like, like a normal, um, that it probably wouldn't work because they're there. Like they might necessarily like might not necessarily be on the bait, but they're going to be there somewhere close because they're in and out all the time. Yeah. So then like if I spook one and then he runs away and then the other bears are like, okay, I don't like that. Or I I just don't know what goes through their head. So I was like, I don't want to risk that. Yeah. So what I did was I, I made, and so I was sitting in a ground blind and by the way, that's, that's the reason I think that bear wasn't as patternable is because I put that ground blind like 20 yards away. Mm-hmm. I didn't really brush it in that well because I figured if I put it out in advance, they'd just get used to it and not worry about it. Yeah. But, and the small bears didn't care, but I'm pretty sure that big one knew what it was and he didn't like it. And that was probably why he changed his pattern a little bit because I I just couldn't think of any other reason. I mean, yeah, like bears yeah. do whatever they want. They can just change, but right that was the only thing different and he never really knew we were hunting him the year before. So, um, and the blind got destroyed twice, so they really didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I noticed in your video, it was but, pretty scratched up or well, in one of your videos anyway. <laughs> yeah. That was from bears. They, they broke the, they broke two poles in it and they ripped it and, I just didn't have enough money to go out and buy another one, so I just kept sitting in it anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. But, no, it's cool. That's so, cool. so what I what I ended up doing was I I made I, like I had one trail that went into the bait where I where I would bait it. Okay. But I made I made a trail that swung around kind of, um, like if the bait was in one spot, the trail would be, uh, let's say twenty yards from it, and then okay. this other trail was about forty yards. Mm-hmm. from the bait and uh so i made a ground blind just out of uh brush and stuff like that that was about 38 yards from the barrel okay. so a little further than my other ground blind but it was just in a really good spot and i had a good shooting lane mm-hmm. and then i took a rake in and i raked all the stuff off and cleaned it all up and then it was perfect because 
I could go over there in the canoe in the morning, completely silent. I knew that, well, you, you never know a hundred percent, but most likely no bears were going to be on that side of the bait because it's not far to the bait from the water. Okay. And it, and it's just like a rock, like it's a big granite rock. Yeah. And, uh, you could just go through the trees a little bit and then they're always coming up from this hill on the other side where there's like swamps and stuff down there. Yep. And, uh, so I basically knew no bears were going to be there most likely. So I made this trail and then I just get over there at first light when it's still dark, just starting to get light and I'd sneak in there and that was my plan. I, I didn't know if it would work. People called me crazy for trying it, but, um, the first day I did it, I remember that big bear hadn't been there in like four days or something. I kind of got worried, like, oh, maybe he left. Yeah. So I <clears throat> I went in there at daylight and started stalking in there. And like you said, it's pretty sketchy when you know that bear is in there. You feel like someone's that big and you're really intruding at that point. Yep. In the, in the dark. And so I sneak it in there and I got to this one point where I could just see the barrel through the trees, but like very sparsely. Mm-hmm. So I see this black movement run across and then I was like thinking about it. And I'm like, there's no way they heard me. Like it rained the night before a little bit. So the ground was nice and soft and the wind was perfect. I was like, there's no way they know I'm here. Like how could that have happened? Mm-hmm. But then, so I, I just kept going and doing my thing. And once I got up to my ground blind, that big bear was laying there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so he had come in literally like it was like it was meant to happen, you know, like that big bear came in and got to that bait the exact same time that I got to my blind almost oh, because wow. he he came in and ran that small bear off and then laid down and started feeding. <laughs> and that was the first first time he'd been there in like 5 days at that point. And uh it just happened to be the morning that I showed up, so I thought, "Oh my god, I'm going to get get my shot here." Uh-huh. And so I, I'd left my bag like 10 feet behind me and this is where filming it really screwed things up and made it like five times harder for me. Yeah. So I had, I had my tripod in one hand with the camera on it and the mic on the camera. And then I got my bow. I decided I was going to use a bow, mm-hmm. which I kind of regret now because if I had a gun, that bear would have been toast. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always the so, dilemma. It's <laughs> always yeah. the dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> But I decided to use the bow. So it, anyway, I left my bag 10 feet behind me just to create a little less movement and yeah, just be a little quieter. So then I get up there, I get the tripod all set up and filming the bear. And I, I can't shoot where he is because there's a boulder kind of laying in front of him. And he's laying down and he just wasn't a good shot. And uh, I thought this was really funny too. Like, you know how like picture a dog like laying down and then sitting up and spinning to look behind him, how it's kind of like a fluid motion. Yep. Like this bear was so big and so fat that like when he stood up, he would like shuffle his front paws like six inches at a time until he was turned around. And then he just slumped down and looked down the hill. Like it was hilarious. <laughs> he was just so big. And <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching this and I got the camera on him and I'm waiting and I'm kind of, processing like when i'm going to shoot and stuff and like i realized there's this one opening i knew the path that he came in on all the time so i figured he'd probably leave that way and uh there's one opening there that was like a two-foot opening in the branches where i could shoot i was like okay I'll, i'll plan to take my shot there when he when he leaves depending on what happens and then 
and then my camera battery, it starts flashing red. It's going to die. Oh, and I'm like, Oh no. Like, how can I shoot this bear and not get it on film? Like I've been posting on Instagram about this bear, telling everybody <laughs> about it, how excited I am to hunt it. Like, you know, posting stories like, Oh, he's been here today or whatever. And I was yeah. just like, I can't not film it. Like, so I, I crawled back to my bag, got an extra battery, came back, took the tripod mount off, put the battery in, put it all back together. And I'm doing all this while this big bear is there that I'm just like shaking in my boots over <laughs> and I get everything set back up. And then the, me- the memory card malfunctions. It said that there was, there was no room to record footage. And I'm like, and I knew that I deleted a lot of it. There was room. It was just like a, literally it was just a malfunction. So I, I had to, then I had to take the camera off and I had to go through and delete all these like B-roll clips that I'd taken that I didn't really need and make like two minutes of footage time to film this kill shot. And at this point I'm just so stressed out. My mind is just scrambled and the bear's still sitting there, but I could tell he's getting ready to leave. And I'm like, Oh man, this is stressful. So I get the I get the camera back on there. I get my bow in my hand. I and I was waiting to hit record because I didn't want it to run out. Like if he took his time. Yeah. So, and finally he started to move, and I hit record. I drew back my bow, and this is where I made my one fatal mistake. Is he was so calm and just the boss of that bait that I could have got away with doing this, but I just in the moment I was so panicked from everything that I didn't think of it, but. When he walked into that opening, I should have just did that thing that deer hunters do to stop deer, like just get yeah. him, get him to stop and look, right? Like that's what I should have done, and that would have been a dead bear. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, and I once he walked into the opening, I shot, mm-hmm. and my shot was good, but the ground was about eight inches lower there, so he dropped, and I just went like just skipped his the hair on his back, oh, and the. Yeah, the air went flying, hit a tree. And, like, I remember thinking, too, like, you know that moment, like, you're you're just about to shoot, and it's just, like, the most intense thing because you're almost just, like, you just want that arrow gone so that the pressure's off. Like, yep. Just like, just get out of here. Like, I can't take it anymore. Like, <laughs> so I just, I just wanted to pull that trigger, and I, I took the shot, and instantly I had regret. I was like, I just messed that up. Like, I'm the biggest idiot. <laughs> and and the bear just, he he ran 10 feet, stopped, made a big huff, and then took off running again. Yeah. And uh, he never knew what happened. He he didn't smell me. He didn't see me. He, like, he might have felt a little nick on his back. But yep. um, he took off, and he was back two days later, and, I kept telling him, but never, never did see him. And then this year he hasn't been back yet. So I don't know if someone else got him in the <clears> fall or what, but. Gotcha. It was in the spring or is yeah. it in the fall? That was in the spring. And okay. the weird thing about that bear was he would be there in the spring every year or for two years in, in the row. I mean, that's okay. not that long, I guess, but for two years he was there in the spring, but he was never there in the fall. I handed him two falls and he <laughs> was never there. Okay. And I don't know. My theory on that was he must've been hibernating somewhere near there. And then my bait would pull him in early and he'd stay there until I quit feeding. And then yep. he'd move off to other food sources. And when I started again in the fall, he wasn't coming back because he probably yep. wasn't near there anymore. Yep. But, well, he probably, you know, that big of a bear, he probably goes and dominates a natural food somewhere, you know, an Oak Ridge yeah. or whatever, you know? So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I've noticed with some of the big bears. They'll stick around, but then once a big a good food source comes in, it's hard to keep them on the bait sometimes because yeah, they they just. <laughs> I mean, they basically just go dominate a better bait, which is you know acorns or whatever. So it's hard, but yeah, and I, I think too at that point they know, they know what a barrel is and they know who's oh, putting yeah. food in it. Yeah. So like, the, if they can get natural food that's good enough to fill their needs, they're gonna go for that because they're they're that smart. Like for sure. That's that's the bugger about trying to hunt them is you can't change that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you know, I try to make my, I don't know if this matters, how much this matters, but even if I'm using, like, like cheap bait, you know, like, I, I, I make, like, a homemade granola or whatever, that, just with oats, mm-hmm. but um, yep. I try to make it, like, as calorically dense as I can. Like, if I go and buy, like, like uh, frosting and peanut butter. Last year, what did I do? I did frosting, peanut butter, um beta mayo 7 sweetener powder uh what else did i put in there i think i bought like uh cookie crumbs like the local feed mill they sell bear bait ironically but they mm-hmm. uh they um they had like ground up old cookies and i like pour that in there as like a you know as a filler too and mix it all together with yeah. the oats and uh just trying to make it as like calorically dense as i could so that way you know yeah it's probably not the best tasting thing but it'll make the bears fat you know so yeah. i think that helps but at some point though they they don't have to come to your base so you know what it seems to me as soon as you put pressure on them too they and they know there's pressure they're like oh this free buffet is not so great anymore you know so yeah exactly they're like you know there's there's something up here yeah yeah there's the, no, the, the no young bears are like in these woods and then yep yeah yeah it, it, it is basically pressure yeah i think it's the big thing that drives the bears away but yep cool for sure well but, um i there's so much i want to cover uh i want to i know we want to keep this at an hour but um i want to talk the big oh, we're gonna have to have you on again because this is a lot of fun, man. But uh, yeah, let's. Um, I want to get into you. Sort of, you've made the transition. Um, you got into hound hunting. You know, you, you we've talked that you started out as a bait hunter only, but um, mm-hmm. was it just this year you started getting into hound hunting? Um, yeah, I'm. Well, no, but for bears specifically. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. Um, so like, I do have experience with it. Um, I, I think when when we were like i was obsessed with dogs as a kid first of all Mm -hmm. like so i've always loved dogs and stuff like that and i when i was really young we we had a like just like a house pet dog and Mm -hmm. um and then when i was 11 we got another one and my dad my dad hunts deer Mm -hmm. well he hunts quite a bit of stuff like i do but he hunts deer every year and he's like if i'm gonna get another dog it's gonna be one that i can use for hunting so we got, um, we got a beagle mm-hmm. and I was only 11 then, but I helped train it up for, for hunting. I remember that was pretty fun. We, my cousin and I would just take it over to the, <laughs> the, we live pretty close to a college in Peterborough and there's a big woods beside it. Okay. So we'd just go over in there and I went to the butcher and got a, a deer leg mm-hmm. or part of it with the hoof on it and. I would just tie that on a string and start doing scent drags with it for him. And like, I remember he's just a little puppy and he'd follow it. And then we start him by, um, 
I remember at first he was only three months old when he chased his first deer and we were just down in this like it's a like wooded area but it's right in the city basically or right on the edge mm-hmm. and my dad and I just walked in there and we saw these deer so we just grabbed uh gunner was his name and we'd pick him up and just showed him the deer and then put him down and he went and chased them for a while but he never he never barked at them mm-hmm. and then eventually he just got better and better so like I got got experience with that and owning him and he lived for he was 13 years okay um but he ran right till the last year he ended up dying and he was always like a great dog <clears throat> but then in in high school I got I became friends with this guy and he he hunted uh coyotes with hounds okay and so i didn't i didn't really know like i didn't even know you could hunt bears or mountain lions or bobcats or coyotes with hounds like i just thought like deer and rabbits were like the only thing that you could hunt right i just didn't know any better so when they when he told me yeah we hunt coyotes with dogs i was like wow that seems like pretty badass like Mm -hmm. let's go try that yeah and so i started going with him and then um, I still go with him to this day. We, we still go out like all winter. And so that's pretty fun. So like get a lot of experience with the dogs like that. But I do find it was, it was a lot different with his dogs than like, say my deer dog, because a lot of hound hunters have said like, you know, you can't be too affectionate with your dogs. You can't let them live inside. It, it takes the hunt drive out of them, which I totally disagree with. I, I think, I don't think that's true at all. Mm-hmm. Be, like the only thing we found to change is the dog wanted to come home when he was done chasing. Yeah. Like uh, the dogs that are tied on a chain all the time, you let them off and then they're like, I know, I know I'm not going back there cause you're just going to tie me up again for yeah. who knows how long. So, but with his dogs, they just have, they're bigger dogs and they have just like a, more hunt drive, I guess. Like our dog would only go so far and he would quit and come back. Yeah. But the coyote dogs just seem to have more, more drive. Like they'll run all day. Like, Oh, I don't know. We've probably ran like 40 kilometers in a day before. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy how far they can go. That's yeah. That's a bit. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not like in a straight line, like you're not moving that far. Like they'll be doing loops and, crossing this way and you might go 15 kilometers one way and end up right back where you started it in the morning but Mm -hmm. over the day they'll move that far but then um so like i've always been doing that and then uh just a couple years ago i got my own house and stuff and Mm -hmm. got kind of a little more set up and i i just love hunting the bears and you can do it now in the spring and in the fall Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what like i'd i'd really like to try that with with the dogs i think it'd be like awesome i love i love dogs and i like training the dogs and just being around dogs and hunting's awesome so yeah put the two together it's going to be pretty good for sure so i just decided i i got a couple purebred black and tan coon hounds mm-hmm. and i actually went to michigan to get them okay yeah so that's cool. kind of <laughs> interesting but um went down there and picked them up and then um, my, my buddy says, well, you got two. Uh, he says, well, I'll buy one if I can keep it at your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, well, all right, I, I guess I already got two out there. I'll, sure. Get another one then. Yeah. So 
so we went together and I, I found this dog online and it was a finished bear dog and it was okay. a blue tick. And, uh, he's nine years old. He's pretty old, but he still runs pretty good. He's mm-hmm. in good shape. So we went and picked him up and then mainly to help train the dogs and yeah. just one that knows what he's doing and stuff. And, and we got a pretty good deal. Cause unfortunately they, the, uh, guy had to sell him because he was moving. Okay. So, um, did that. And then this year, just basically, as soon as I got them, I spent, I don't know, the first, uh, first little while I had them, I was training them every day for like an hour and a half, two hours, mm-hmm. like doing, doing scent drags. And to be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of obedience training just because that's not super important with what I'm using them for. Okay. Gotcha. So like, I, I, I get them to come to their name and like know that enough means like stop barking and things like that. But I didn't teach them to lay down or to sit. Yeah. You know, they don't really a lot need of effort that. and if it's not important, then yeah, they don't need that. Yeah. Exactly. Did, did a lot of work with the scenting and the treeing and it's been a pretty fun journey. Like it's good. I got a big field across the road from my house. Okay. So what I did, I, I got a bear hide from someone and I would just tie it behind my four wheeler and I just rip around the field and let them <laughs> chase it. And they loved it. Uh-huh. And it was a great, it was a great way to get them in shape too, because, um, just taking them for a walk doesn't do it. Like no. all these bear houndsmen that I've talked to mm-hmm. say that like, you won't catch bears for like the first few weeks in the season because you got to get your dogs in shape first like you yep. might catch some easy ones but until yep. your dogs are in shape you're not going to catch them so right. knowing that from talking to them i was like well i'm going to get my dogs in shape before the season mm-hmm. so i'd take them over there and i'd run them for like 10 kilometers a night like twice a week or something like that mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's was, it was pretty good so that's cool started them started them up um, chasing actual bears this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I've had them on five, five races now. Okay. It's, it's been progressing pretty good. They're getting better and better. They know they have that natural drive. Like they know, they know they want to hunt and they know what scent they're following and how to tree and all that stuff. But they're still, they're still so young. They're just like people it, like take some time to mature and yeah, for um, sure. They don't like, like my one dog or he'll, he'll get out there probably, I don't know, let's say a mile and a half. And then the track will be really fresh. Like he can totally smell it, mm-hmm. but he'll just decide to quit and he'll backtrack all the way back to me. And then, <laughs> you know, I'd, I had all these questions, like never really done it, done this before because it's, there's a lot more to training a bear hound than there is a deer hound. Like, mm-hmm there's just more aspects to it because a bear is a bear and a deer is a deer. Like, right. So I was asking myself, well, like, is he quitting because he's getting close to the bear and he's getting like scared of the bear because like not all dogs make it as bear dogs. No. Like, they have to, they have to have that grit and heart to want to chase a bear. Yeah. Like, but before I even started it, the guy told me, he's like, some dogs just, you show them their first bear and they just will not chase it. They'll come out of the woods and they'll never run them again. Right. And then some other ones are just, they go nuts over them. So I, so I had all these questions like, is he getting a bear scare? Like, is he coming out? Like, 
maybe he's not going to make it, but like he was doing good at other aspects, but I don't really think that's the case after talking to a couple experienced guys. He's just, he's just a young dog and he, he, um, he does this is what the one guy told me. I thought it was pretty interesting. He's like, he doesn't even know that he can treat a bear yet. He's just running out there as fast as he can. He gets ahead of those other dogs and he thinks, Oh, like I'm a rock star. Like I just chased this bear. I'm faster than those dogs. Like, I guess I haven't seen Brody in a while. Like I'm going to go back to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Know, like he, he doesn't even know he can put a bear up a tree yet. He did like, right. So well, that's cool. I don't know. I guess I was expecting a little too much out of a, <laughs> of a young dog, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. interesting to me that, you know, basically you don't come from a, you know, hardcore bear hound background or anything you know and just jumping into yeah. it that's that's pretty awesome i mean it's something i've contemplated a little bit because i mean it's a lot of fun i uh i kind of oh, yeah got, i kind of got into it last year quite a bit and it's like man that's fun. yeah i heard you, a, i heard your podcast you were out with another guy there eh? and yep yep a, <laughs> yeah i shot my first bear over hounds last him. year so yeah yep yep so yeah unfortunately you know what I like about it, and I think it's good to say on the podcast too, mm-hmm. is because like everybody thinks it's easy, but no. it's not. Like it's a no. hunt. Like you, everybody just thinks you just you get some dogs, you let them go, they chase the bear, he goes up a tree, and it's as simple as just saying it like that. But it yep. doesn't work like that. Like no. the bear, the bear has a lot of tools to get those dogs off of his track, and like exactly. we chased one today for five hours with like. <laughs> And he ran, I think, 20 kilometers through the nastiest country you can think of, and we never caught him. He yep. got away. Exactly. Like, the dog, the dogs had one slip up. He got to rest for 20 minutes, and then they chased him, and the dogs were just dead tired, and, and he has gone. Yep, exactly. So yep. Like, it, it, it is not. I mean, seeing that just, all you do is drop dogs off in the woods, they chase the bear, they treat it, and you shoot it, is like saying, I dropped donuts off in the woods, I, the bear came, and I shot it. There's so much yeah, more people, to it. People than that. do think that, though. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. That's the thing. Oh, that's the big anti-bear hunting argument. Is oh, you know, yeah. those, it was funny. We had a. It was a guy at work. He came from. Um, I don't know where was it. Like he he lives somewhere where you couldn't hunt bears with hounds or bait, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, I don't know how we got on the subject of bears. I I have no idea. It was at work, you know, and I have no idea how we got on that subject, but. He's like, yeah, you know, those hunters in Maine, you know how they hunt bears? They put on a barrel of donuts and sit over there and shoot a, shoot the bears. How is that ethical? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, that, I, I didn't get, I mean, it was a, it, you know, it wasn't even somebody, I, it was a customer or something, so I didn't get too much into it, but I'm like, it's not quite yeah. like that. <laughs> I, know, I, I almost get tired of trying to explain to people that it is all right, like, yeah, you want to because like it's right. nice to try and make people like or help people understand. But then yeah. again, it's just like so many people these days are just so clueless about anything with like wild animals that oh yeah, kind of hard. Like it is. It's something. It, I don't know if talking about it is the best course or just like like hey, come along with me and I'll show you. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like for me with hound hunting that, you know, I mean, I, I had respect for it, but I, I didn't quite get it until I actually did. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now this makes sense, you know? And I feel like, yeah, now like, it's like, yes, now this is a worthy pursuit, you know? 
before is like, yeah. yeah, it's something, I don't know if I really want to do that. You know, I respect it, but I don't know if I want to do it. Now that I've done it, it's like, oh, I get it, and this is fun, and I like to do it, you know? So. For sure. And what me and uh, a, a buddy were talking about today is like, it's it's awesome because we were both going hunting today. We got up at 3.30 in the morning, left in the trucks, and we didn't even take a gun. Yeah. Like, we, we loaded up the dogs, and like, that's what we were going to do, is just spend time in the woods with like friends and just run the dogs and see them work and yep. just be involved in it. And if we did tree a bear, there was one guy who was going to take it if it was a good and legal bear, but yep. like we were just going and it was like fishing. It was like catch and release, you know, and it was yep. still fun. And like that, I think that's what it is for most hounds. When it's not, it's not about killing the animal at the end. It's just yep. like, it's more about the dogs and training the dogs and seeing their progression and, Mm-hmm. like working with them and just enjoying that whole process. And then kind of the the end of it all is when you get to take a harvest and then you get food out of it and the yep. dogs have fun because they get to chew on some hair for a couple of minutes and they yep. get a, that's their little reward. And then, yeah, yeah, that's how, like, that's how it goes. But I, you know, I just don't know why, why the dogs do it. Cause you think about it. I mean, if somebody told me, "Here, here's the deal. I'll let you run for 40 kilometers, and then at the end, you might get to chew on the <laughs> chew on this bear's hair, and that's all you get." Dude, yeah. I would quit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, like they love it though. They love it. They just, they just love it when something is running away from them and they yeah. can't catch it. Exactly. They want to catch it. Yep. Exactly. It was funny today. I, I was out. And, uh, this guy is like a hardcore bear hunter. He had like, at one point he told me he had 50 hounds and he has 19 now. He says, we're getting a little low on dogs. And I said, well, how many have? He goes, well, we're down to 19. I'm like, well, that's quite a, quite a few. Like he goes, well, we had 50 at one point and I'm thinking, holy, that's a lot. Like, what do you do with 50 hounds? What in the world do you do? He'd, he'd run like, like he'd pretty much hunts every day of bear season i think okay and he he'll run like a pack of dogs for like five days and then he'll give them a break and then he'll run another pack okay and then he'll switch it up and then some of them are puppies and then he's training some and then i guess he like basically babysits dogs for other hunters or whatever okay so there there was that many dogs there which man that'd be a lot of work but Oh, man. Can you imagine the dog food bill? Oh, yeah. I'd be insane. <sighs> wow. That's wild. But anyway, anyway, where I was going with that yeah. is uh, this. his son was like, he's got a passion for it, and he's only nine years old, and you mm-hmm. just hear this kid talk like he's an <laughs> expert on the subject. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he he was telling me about the bears, and uh, now I kind of forget where I was going with what he was saying, but yeah, um, cool. just... He, this kid had more knowledge about it than anybody with the with the dogs and stuff. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, hey, we hit an hour. I know you got to get up at three thirty to go bear hunting. Do you want to keep yeah, going, or do you want to do you want to call it for the night? Um. Well, is there anything else we'd like to cover? We could go a bit longer if there is, and if not, we okay. can. Oh, I got I got a list of topics. And- I got a list of topics that we could talk about, but they could get into a rabbit hole again. 
Um, All right. Well, let let let's hit one more and okay, and save the rest for part two. Sounds good, man. Okay, let's. Uh, oh, let's see. You know how how do you, you know, let, let's keep on the hound subject here. You know, like sure, you only had so you got your two. You you said you bought two pops that are you know just mm-hmm. pops, right? And then you bought yep. one um, finished bear dog. Yeah. Okay. So are you basically training the pups off the finished town then, you know, so they know what to do or like, how are you, um, is it really well, pretty much it, off the back of that, that hound or how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and like, I don't even want to sound like I'm giving anybody advice because like I said, I'm just starting right. out. No, so I just think it's, just it's fascinating that you're starting from, you know, basically nothing with hounds and building up a, oh, yeah. you know, your own pack basically. But just so like everybody who's listening knows, like I've done a ton of research on this. Like mm-hmm. I'm like this with everything, but if something gets in my head, like I'm going to do it, I'm going to do, I, uh, I almost, I don't even have to try, but I'll become obsessed with it. Yeah. And then it's just so, like, I guess I put in my best effort, but I've done so much research on this. Like, even when I'm not supposed to be on the computer looking at bear hound <laughs> stuff, I'm doing that. And, uh, if you catch my drift on that, yep, yep, but, um, same here. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm looking up that stuff and I'm just learning as much as I can. And I'm asking people, like I've talked to two other hounds on the phone. I think I talked to each one of them for two hours on the phone, just asking them questions, picking their brain and, um, just questioning everything on how to, how to do it. And like, what makes the most logical sense. And, some have got negative responses that I didn't really seem like very logical. And then mm-hmm. some were great, but, um, basically if I, cause I didn't plan on getting that finished dog that just kind of happened because of yeah. my friend. Right. So yeah. what what I was planning to do is I was just gonna just do scent drags with them. I wanted to get them following a scent and get them interested in it. And that's why I started pulling it behind the four wheeler because when I started doing that, they they didn't even know that like they were scent trailing it. They just thought this thing's running from me. Like I'm going to chase that. Okay. So it made it a game for them, which they enjoyed. And then they realized, like, I think, I don't even know if they consciously knew really, mm-hmm. but that thing had a smell. Right. So they just started following it. And then I'd start doing scent drags and I would take it further and further and further until I got them to a point where, um, I drag it, two kilometers and then I'd have them tied up or sometimes I would even do it that far. And I would, I would have to sneak across the road because they learned that if I started the four wheeler, it was playtime. Okay. So I'd sneak across the road and I'd walk like way over there in the bush and I'd put this thing up in a tree and I'd come all the way back so that the track was a little colder. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go and I'd let them go and they'd find it. And then they'd go scent trail it all the way to the tree and they'd stay there and tree at it. And, um, <clears throat> so I started doing that. And then, so once they got like the, the tracking down pretty good, like they were at first, it would take them like forever. Like they would just pitter patter, like over there, like going really slow. And then it hit the point where like, I'd come back and Ivor, my male was wrapped around like six trees because he's flipping and doing backflips, trying to get off the lead. Cause he's mm-hmm. so excited and I'd let him <laughs> off and he would just take off like a rocket. Well, yeah. both of them would. And then they'd be there and like, you know, like very fast and they'd be treeing on it. So like 
you can tell they caught on with that. Okay. And then to train them to, cause like bear hounds, you want them to stay at the tree basically as long as, well, you don't want them to ever leave it really. Right. Right. Because you like, no matter where they are, you want them to stay there so that you have time to get there. Yep. But like some, some guys, dogs will hold a tree all night for like 12 hours and they'll, they'll never leave it. Yep. And I think that has a lot to do with never like letting your dogs down. Like they have to trust you yep. so that they'll put in that extra work. But so anyways, that was a little off topic, but I, what I did to start training my dogs or at least see where they were at with the treeing and their own individual, um, or independent confidence is I would take them over, do a scent drag, but then I wouldn't, I'd, I'd normally just drive up there, tell them they did a good job. And then I'd, go let them run around after and play with it. But what I started doing was I would let them go over there tree on it. And then I would just leave them there and I'd go home and I'd work her in the yard for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I would just leave them there and I just check the GPS every once in a while and make sure they were still there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that just like told me, okay, they're going to, they're going to stay there. Like they'd they'd stay right under it and bark at it for an hour. Like I I knew they picked that up. So, um, um, what, what I was planning to do if we didn't get the finished dog was just keep showing them bears like time and time again until they just picked it up, which probably would have made the process a lot longer. Like, because first of all, they wouldn't be picking up any cold tracks most likely. Hmm. Um, which can either be like, like bred into the dog, like his genetics, like whether he has a really cold nose, um, which for people who don't know, I guess is like, they can smell a really old track, yep. hot, hot nose. Yeah. They're, they're running the track with it. I don't know. I'll say within an hour or whatever, but, um, and then, you know, you go show them a bear, they'd probably run it for a little while and then they'd come back because like I was saying earlier, they just don't have that independent confidence yet to, right. to get out there further from you. Mm-hmm. And that, that older houndsman actually told me too, he's like, they'll learn, like it's another trust thing. Like with, uh, they have to trust you because like, they're going to learn over time that, <clears throat> okay. Like he never leaves me out in the bush. Like he always comes to get me like no matter where I go, like the, boss man you know he always shows up and takes me home tells me i'm a good dog and yeah so like they learned they learned to trust that you're never going to leave them out there mm-hmm. so then they they work that much harder and they go that much further and they have that confidence because they know that you're going to be there for them i guess at the end of the day so like that that comes with time as well <clears throat> and then just with the older dog basically throwing him him in there is he already knows what he's doing yeah. less likely to make mistakes and run off game because he's a finished dog. So your dogs are more likely to stay with them. Um, I found from deer hunting anyway, more dogs usually leads to more confidence between all of them. Yeah. So they'll usually travel further. Like if you, you notice if, um, if you take one dog and let him run a track, he'll quit usually a lot earlier than two dogs would. Right. Because, because they feed off each other, you know, mm-hmm. as they're going. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so it just basically furthered the process along and then, um, yeah, it's, it's worked out well because he is teaching them like 
things. Like, um, I think he, the one we have, he's a real hot nosed dog. Like if he, he's so hot nosed that if he doesn't think he can catch the bear, he won't chase it anymore. He'll quit and come out. Really? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Like if it, if he, if he smells it, that it's old enough that he doesn't think he's going to be able to get up there and bite that bear in the ass. He won't, he'll quit. Right. Hmm. And he's a really good dog though, because he always he'll either backtrack right out to the trail. And if you're not at the trail, he'll just run the trail. <laughs> gotcha. So you can, you can always find him. Yeah. He always comes out. Gotcha. But throwing the young dogs in there. Yeah. They've, they've went with them quite a bit further than they would have otherwise. And it's been easier to start tracks and things like that. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, good. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I just, um, always wondered how you even start the process. So that's some good information for sure. So, yeah, like, and it's funny. I mean, you can look up all, all that stuff. Like basically what I said there, you can, you can find out that stuff through research if you look hard enough, but there's been some things I've learned, like just from asking guys and that stuff, you can't like, you can't find that information. Like, um, for instance, I took my dogs for a walk, um, the other night Mm -hmm. and I did it on the, on the pavement, on the road. Okay. And they were just walking like, like a little bit of a trot, but they, they weren't running. And I got back and mind you, I wasn't on foot. Like I was on the four wheeler or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I got back and I took the dogs out and put them away and they slept the night and I came back the next day and my female, she's a little bit of a smaller dog, a little shorter legged. And, uh, she was whimpering and like, she's, she's a big suck. Like she wants you to pet her. She'll roll over, let you do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, doesn't like fuss when you clip her nails or anything. She's great that way. Mm-hmm. But she was rolling over on her back and usually she's so excited. She's barking at, barking at me and like bouncing up and down. And she was just laying down. I thought that was weird. So I went over and I tried to like pick her up and she wouldn't, get on her feet hmm. so i'm like oh did she pull a muscle or what like i was really careful like i made sure they didn't trip or anything like that and uh i found out that she'd wore the pads pretty much right off her feet Ooh, like yeah like not not super bad like i shouldn't say wore them right off her feet but like right like just picture taking a layer of skin off and it's a little too much and there's pink skin and it's tender and hurts yep like that's what she had on the bottom of her feet. And, gotcha. But, but like they were just walking and I never would have expected that, but experienced houndsmen, they would have never done that. Right. Exactly. So, so you don't, you don't learn those little things unless you talk to the people that know all those little tricks or, yep. or you do it yourself. And Fair like enough. another one, for example, I thought this was cool. Um, sometimes if you get males, um, they, they get dominant over each other or they'll start testing each other. Yeah. And so you, you obviously don't want that because it can end up in a dog fight. Right. And then your dogs are tore up or whatever. So <clears throat> if you've got two dogs that are kind of trying to duke it out a little bit and you notice the ones a little more dominant, this, the houndsman I talked to told me always like, if you're putting them in a dog box, always put the less dominant dog in first and then the the other dog he's like because what happens is you'll you'll put the first dog in and then that that becomes his box so you 
you put the other dog in and then he won't mess with them too much. But if you put the dominant dog in first, that's his box. When the other dog goes in, he's going to try and like whip his ass over it, you know? Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like just little tricks like that. They, these guys know stuff like that, like Mm -hmm. just like crazy, but I guess it just takes experience to, to learn all those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, being around um, my buddy that, uh, uh, you know, I went out with last year. I mean, if I, yeah. you know, I don't have plans to get get bear hounds myself or anything. But if I did, I feel like even just being around him cut the, you know, learning curve down quite a bit. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah. So even just that little bit of of time I picked up stuff that would be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, just a little bit of orientation, you know, but mm-hmm. so, and that's, that's, what's been good for me too, is, um, uh, I went out with this guy and he's got a lot of dogs and they're good and they tree bears. So right. he said, yeah, come along anytime you want. And honestly, this was the nicest guy I've ever talked to. Like he, I knew his best friend, because we bought the dog off him. I just called him out of the blue, mm-hmm. told him who I was, that we bought the dog off his buddy, um, asked him if he ever likes to run with anybody else. He invited me up. Before he even met me, he told me he was going to send me home with a couple of finished bear dogs to help train my dogs. Oh, wow. And then, and then if I wanted, I could stay up there to go hunting or whatever. Wow. And I was like, wow, man, like you don't even know me yet, and you're offering this? like. Wow. So I was like, mm, I was like, that's cool. crazy, but that's pretty cool. So Neat. going up there with him and, you know, if his dogs catch a bear, I can walk mine into the tree and yeah. that's huge experience. Cause they're going to see the bear and mm-hmm. it, it, that all helps a lot. And yep. training a young dog for sure. For sure. So mm-hmm. cool. Well, good. Yeah. All right, man. We should probably let you get to bed, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be tired in the morning. I think. Yeah, yeah. It'll all be worth it, though. So, but, oh, for sure. Cool, Once man. that bear's up in the tree, I'll be smiling. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, cool, man. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. Any uh, closing thoughts or anything? I don't know. I don't have much, but just appreciate no, you coming know. on. It's pretty... been really, really fun. I didn't even. I didn't even come close to touching on uh, what I want to talk about, but uh, so we'll definitely have you back on. This is a fun conversation, so yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it. It's been a been a good time. Never done a podcast before, to be honest. So it's okay. been fun. Yep. No, it's uh, it's fun. So, but cool, man. All right. Well, thanks, and uh, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll catch everybody next time. <laughs>